This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Here's a shot right off the draw and Ovechkin scores! But far wing to Oshie, who will carry it in. Right side, centered to Strom, and a shot attempt. Rebound, Ovechkin scores! It's a two-goal night for Alex Ovechkin. His 16th of the year. Goal 8-38, and the Capitals have a 6-2 lead. John Walton last night pumped up as Ovi had two more. Eight goals now in the last eight games. He's on fire. 837 and 838 of his career, as you heard, as the chase for Gretzky seems to be very much back on. If it was ever off, I don't think it was ever off. Um, But certainly there was a stretch there. He had eight goals in his first 43 games. He's now got eight more in his last eight games. As importantly, uh, I would guess, the Caps have now won two in a row. Uh, beat one of the contenders uh, for a playoff spot in front of them last night in the Devils. They are inching their way back into the playoff race with still 28 games to go. Good morning. Uh, Ben Standing wrote about Jaden Daniels and Drake May um, in his most recent column because we were off on Monday. He'll join us at 10.35 this morning. Sam Fortier was a guest on my podcast the other day. I don't know how many of you saw the play-by-play, blow-by-blow, excellent reporting that the Post had out over the weekend that took you kind of step-by-step through the process, through the back-and-forth negotiations that ultimately led to Ted Leonsis having the intention of taking his teams out of the city and in Northern Virginia. There's actually some news on that this morning, but I'm going to play the interview with Sam because Sam was great. He always is, but it's very interesting, and there was a lot in there that I don't think we realize. We've talked so much about the move, which I know has been boring to many of you, but actually the way that they got to the final you know, move announcement with – the governor, Glenn Youngkin, in, on that December day is very interesting. And actually, from my standpoint, had me, I think, backing Ted a little bit more than I typically do. We'll play that for you at 11 a.m. And then at noon today, Rob Likens. Who is Rob Likens? He was Jaden Daniels' OC and quarterback coach when Daniels was at Arizona State before transferring to LSU. So he will be our guest at 12 noon. Uh, Denton is here. I am here. Uh, we got a lot to get to. There are a lot of stories out there that will 
Um, we'll touch on uh, including the Justin Fields unfollowing, I guess, on Instagram, the Chicago Bears. I think that the handwriting is very much on the wall now. They're going to trade Justin Fields, and they are going to select Caleb Williams. Still a long way to go, but I do think the conversation for us is going to be a focus between May and Daniels. Um, This from Gene on Twitter. Sheehan, are we really going to take a quarterback as skinny as Jaden Daniels? He's pencil thin, has a build like RG3, and seems like he's one NFL hit away from the injured reserve list. Doesn't make sense to me. We did this before. Heisman winner, insane athlete, number two overall, but as you've called him in the past, breakable. I did refer to RG3 as breakable. Come on. We can do better than this. Uh, Thank you, Gene, very much. You know, I I have noticed Denton. um, We had Field Yates on the show yesterday. Field was great. Field's a big Jaden Daniels fan, actually, in his latest mock draft, mocked Daniels to Washington, but he also had nice things to say about Drake May as well. Uh, Field was one uh, one, one of those um, and is one of those that is now, I think, in the NFL reporter world, they're, they've come to the conclusion that Justin Fields will be dealt probably to Pittsburgh or Atlanta uh, and that they're going to select Caleb Williams number one overall. They're not going to allow anybody to trade up. They made the big trade last year. They've got a chance for, you know, somebody who appears to be the best, you know, uh, facsimile of Patrick Mahomes coming out of the draft in a while. That's what they're going to do. I mean, I think right now there is every bit a 75% chance, a 3-4 and four chance that Washington's going to have the selection of May or um, or Daniels, and that even if they wanted to move up to number one, I don't see the Bears budging. You know, there could be a lot of competition for Caleb Williams, and maybe the price gets so ridiculously high that Chicago can't turn it down. But you'd have to like somebody as much as Caleb Williams to trade that pick. We are talking about quarterback here. This is quarterback conversation. This is not we're going to build around the guy that we drafted in the fifth round, or we're going to build around the guy that's had three years to prove that he was worthy of the number 10 pick overall in Justin Fields. No. If you think you don't have one, you don't. And you've got to get one. Or you don't have a chance at what everybody is yearning for, which is sustained contention. Not the one-year run, you know, not the every other year nine to ten wins wild card. The big-time sustained run where you've got a chance to do what Kansas City's been doing. Everybody strives for that. But you're rarely in position to make a move for the player that will give you the best chance to achieve that. And Chicago is... And so I don't see them trading the pick. But back to Gene and his tweet on Jaden Daniels. Gene, you're right. This is the what Denton and I have been lockstep on Jaden Daniels going back to September. 
Okay, if you've listened to this show, you know we are big fans of Jaden Daniels. We went from the conversation of how is it possible that he's not even mocked in the first round in September to early October? How is it even possible? Is anybody watching this guy that he's not a top half of the first round pick in mock drafts? And then a couple of weeks later, this dude's easily a top 10 pick to then he's might he might be the number one pick in the draft. But there's always been one concern by everybody who loves Jaden Daniels, and that is what you described. It's his frame. It's his build. He is skinny. He's thin. He looks breakable. The, the interesting thing is he took some big hits this year and popped right back up. But those are not NFL hits for the most part. Understood. Now, to compare him to RG3, yeah, Heisman winner. Yeah, insane athlete. Yeah, number two overall for Washington. Of course, in 2012, Washington had to trade a boatload to go from six to two. They don't have to do that in this particular situation. Um, but there are big differences between Daniels and and Robert Griffin III. First of all, one of the reasons that Griffin was always breakable was body type, yes, but also the inability to slide, the inability to avoid contact, the inability to see where the contact was coming from. He was truly a straight-line track type of athlete, not a point guard with peripheral great vision, peripheral vision. Jaden Daniels, I'm not going to call him Michael Vick in the open field. You know, I'm not going to suggest that, you know, he's uh, you know, he's, he's even Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields. He's actually faster than all of those guys, but he's got excellent vision. You know, all you got to do is throw on the highlight reel to see the wiggle that he has in open field and the and the make you know people miss in the open field. RG three never had that. He was always going to take more hits because he couldn't see it coming because he didn't have that that athletic feel that athletic vision, everything else athletically was off the charts. Jaden Daniels does. Um, RG3 was actually, I think, even a bit thicker in the body uh, body type than Daniels. Um, it will be a concern for some teams. There is no doubt about it. He got hurt in the Alabama game, took a big shot. Now, that was in the pocket. Took a massive hit, a cheap shot hit in the pocket that actually wasn't flagged, amazingly. Um, and he took some big shots in other games in the open field, uh, but he also, more times than not, if you watched him, made people miss, got down, or got out of bounds before taking a hit. I personally think he's going to be fine in that area. But all it takes is one, and by the way, a lot of the hits that typically injure quarterbacks are not running quarterbacks running either by design or off schedule, but they are in the pocket hits. Um, and so that will always be an issue um, and would be the number one concern. It's other than the stuff we don't know about, we keep emphasizing that because, you know, it is the most. It is a big part of the evaluation for every team, and we won't have any idea 
about that part of the evaluation, all of the intangible stuff, all the stuff that shows up in all of their due diligence and all of their interviews, including the one or two with him. Um, But that would be, in terms of watching him, that would be my biggest concern. That's fair. The other stuff is, you know, the comparison to RG3, mm -mm, two totally different players. RG3, by the way, I always felt did have a big arm and did throw a good deep ball. Not like Daniels, though. Daniels has an absolute gun for an arm, throws a great deep ball, and throws it with great touch and precision. Now, one of the things, too, about Daniels um, I have noticed here, Denton, in the last week is you've seen a lot of momentum building for him. You've seen him consistently discussed as the potential number two overall. There have even been people to suggest that is it possible he could jump to one. Um, We talked about it last week or two weeks ago. Uh, but I think that a lot of the recent momentum for Daniels in particular stems from this. Once the Super Bowl ended, you have a lot of NFL reporters, columnists, guys that are asked for their various publications to give opinions on the quarterbacks in the draft, to even mock the draft. And a lot of those guys, in, in part because they actually can't because they are working, on Saturdays leading up to, to, to an NFL Sunday, they just don't watch a lot of college football. So once the Super Bowl ends, all you have to do is turn on or is go to YouTube and watch the 20 to 25-minute highlight tape of Jaden Daniels, and there are so many jaw-dropping moments that you're like totally, you're, oh my God. I had no idea. I had no idea he was this. And then you start to compare to the Drake May highlight reel, which, by the way, is but it's not Jaden Daniels' highlight reel. Caleb Williams' highlight reel isn't Jaden Daniels' highlight reel. And then if you go and you watch the games and you watch the game tape, if you even get to that, as somebody who's got to come up with a column and a quick pick or a quick discussion of the quarterbacks, then you see that, you know, you see all the highlights and then you see so much more because they just couldn't fit it on the highlight reel. This guy had a season, people. We were talking about it all year. That just was one wow, jaw-dropping play after another. It was, I think at one point, I know I discussed this um, with somebody yesterday too. It, it was with Tommy. It was, do you remember as a college football fan, Denton, seeing Reggie, well, you may be too young for this now. Have you ever seen Reggie Bush's high school football tape? How old do you think? Of course I've seen Reggie Bush. I grew up on Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush's high school football tape was just like you couldn't stop watching it. And that's what people are now recognizing about Daniels. You couldn't take your eyes off of this guy week in and week out. The plays he made. And I have no idea, by the way, what that means at the next level. None of us really do, you know. You see the arm strength, he can make every throw. And by the way, a lot of the wow moments are throws, are deep, are tight window throws. 
You know, I, I saw um, – I asked you to get this guy on the show, and apparently he doesn't do any radio. He He's a former NFL backup quarterback, Kurt Bankert. Didn't we have a conversation about him last week? I reached out to him. I never heard anything back. Denton? Yeah, I reached out. I never heard anything back from him. Yeah. So he does a lot of film breakdown. I – he was he was a college quarterback, decent college quarterback, and had a you know cup of coffee in the NFL with a couple of teams. But he he um, does a lot of the uh, film breakdown during the year. Does a lot of film breakdown now of the draft prospects. And somebody sent me. I think it was Sabah. I think Sabah sent this to me. Sabah actually is very uh, very helpful in some of the videos and some of the things she sends me. Now some of the stuff she sends me tries to just support her views about whether it's Taylor Heineke or, or somebody else. But I think it was Sabah who sent this to me. If it wasn't, um, if it was CJ, whomever sent this to me, can, thank you very much. But it was his breakdown of the Daniels tape. And he's just, he, he said, one of the biggest misnomers about Daniels is this idea that he can't throw with anticipation or doesn't throw in the middle of the field of a congested field. It wasn't necessarily a big part of LSU's offense, but he 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 had this uh this uh, video breakdown, this film breakdown of plenty of throws with anticipation across the middle of the field. Um what he did focus on and I think it was now that I think about it it may have been the incomparable CJ who sent this to me because he said you, you, you've talked about the Alabama game over and over again, that that was really, considering the competition, the most uh, impressive performance, and Benker bro- broke down the Alabama game the whole, the whole first half before he got hurt. And he, said, th- he said every single evaluator will watch this game, basically, and the first half of this game and fall in love with everything about him. Um, but, yeah, I, I get it. There is concern over his frame. That is true. And when you think about, like, the great quarterbacks in the history of the game, has there ever been one that's been super thin, super skinny? By the way, he's 6'3 and a half, 6'4", although I was told by somebody who really knows college football, um, I won't mention his name, I think we'll probably try to get him on the show. Well, Stanford Steve told me. Stanford Steve likes Daniels, but he said he's not 6'4", Kevin. He is definitely 6'3", tops. 6'4", is a program height. The combine, he's going to come in at 6'3", 6'3", and a quarter. Okay, whatever. So he's not exactly, he's not as tall as Drake May. He doesn't have the build that Drake May has. Drake May's got a much bigger, you know, um, imposing physical boxy kind of frame. Uh, but um, 6'3 and a half is plenty tall enough. You know, if he comes in uh, a tad over 6'3 at the Combine next week. By the way, this will be the most intriguing Combine for our fan base in a long time. I think the Combine is a snoozer most years. But the Combine, which starts on February 29th, leap year day, um, and runs through March 3rd, I believe. So we are, you know, basically eight days away from the start is going to include all of the quarterbacks in the draft. And the quarterback portion of this is going to be off the charts ratings. Watch. It'll be the best combine ratings we've seen in years. Because A, there's, you know, a, 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 
big-time quarterback in Caleb Williams, but there are so many quarterbacks that people are really intrigued with and are obsessed, obsessed talking about right now. And everybody's got their own order. Um, so I can't wait to see the Combine. Plus, they get the interviews at the Combine, so we'll probably learn some stuff about how Jaden Daniels and Drake May and Caleb Williams are interviewing um, with various teams. But anyway, to your point, Gene, he does have a thin frame. It's a concern. Anthony Richardson has almost a, uh, you know, a Cam Newton frame. And he, when he was playing well to start this year in Indianapolis, he took too many shots and he, he ended up on injured reserve. So, yes, you know, it's not Lamar Jackson body type. It isn't. Um, anyway, all right. Uh, can we get to a what do you got? All right, all right, all right. What do you got? Uh, from my guy Seth in Potomac. Um, Sheehan, your real talent, no offense, is picking games. Maybe you should just do a gambling show. Uh, Thank you, Seth. Um, I think that was somewhat of a shot at what my normal job is, but that's okay. Um, I know what you're saying. He bet Creighton last night, per the suggestion of the show. Creighton was a one-and-a-half, two-point dog at home against a team that had won 14 in a row, uh, was the unanimous number one team in the country, and had just destroyed Marquette on Sunday by 28 points. And Creighton last night at home in Omaha as the number 15 team in the country blew the absolute doors off of UConn, 85-66. to 66. I, um, Of course, anybody that wagers or thinks handicapping-wise like I do which is contrarian, anti, you know, the masses, had Creighton last night. But I was reading um, prior to the game some of the uh, people out there because during basketball season, I don't, I don't get the information and I don't seek the information that I get during football season. I haven't, to be honest with you, I, I'm not betting nearly as much. Uh, it, it's gotten boring um, in a lot of ways. But when I see games like this one, or remember a couple of weeks ago the Nebraska game against Wisconsin, or the Detroit game last week, the Owen 2016 that was favored by five, your boy gets into action pretty quickly when those games are identified. And last night is was so perfect because in reading some of the uh, splits last night, Denton, um, one of the guys, that guy Ben, whatever his name, said it was the biggest public play of the year, UConn, last night as the shortest favorite that they've been in forever. And this game was never in doubt. They were up 14 at halftime. They won by 19 at one point. They were up by 22, I think. Creighton's good. You know, that guy McDermott's done a great job at Creighton over the years. I, I don't. He's been there forever, right, Doug McDermott? Um yeah, How he, long's he's been, he been there for there? almost at least 15 years because he coached his kid, and his kid's been in the NBA for like a decade. So he's been there for close to 15, 20 years. Greg McDermott, excuse me. Greg McDermott's been at Creighton since 2013. So you're talking about That's he's it? been there. This is year 11 for him at Creighton. No, I'm sorry. He's been there since 2010. My fault. Um, when they were in the Missouri Valley, and then they moved to the Big East in 2013. So he's been the Creighton coach in the Big East since 2013. 
I mean, he has not had one, he's had one bad season, one losing season in 2014, 2015. Every other season's been a 20 plus win season. He's been to the tournament uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times, and he'll be going for a ninth time this year at Creighton. Creighton's got some history. Um, going back to various times in the in the 70s, 80s, 90s, they've had some decent teams. I'm surprised he hasn't gone somewhere else. Maybe he's, you know, he loves it there. He was at Northern Iowa and Iowa State before. You know, people, we have um, we have a caller who, um, why am I blanking on our, our on the guy that calls all the time from Omaha, from Nebraska? Jason. Jason. Jason's a great guy. Calls all the time. People who live there love it. Absolutely love Omaha. I, I can't tell you much about it. I went there years ago for a meeting with a telemarketing center because Omaha is the home to, I think, more inbound, outbound telemarketing centers than any city in the country. I don't know if that's true anymore. It was true for a while, in part because it was so central and there were benefits from a phone cost standpoint. Um, And it seemed lovely. Cooley was there recently, called me uh, from Omaha because they, they had a wrestling tournament. And he said, this place is actually really nice. And I'm like, I've heard it's pretty nice. Apparently great um, sushi in Omaha. <laughs> really? For the reason you said about the uh, the telephones, it's kind of the meat in the middle for the east and west coast. So the sushi uh, market in Omaha apparently is very nice. Interesting. Um, I won't comment on the sushi in D.C. I think we have very <laughs> average sushi. It's not New York. But then again, nothing here food-wise is New York. Long shot. Uh, long ways away from New York. But it is kind of surprising that with as much success as he's had, that like he hasn't gotten a big job. And Creighton, look, Creighton is in the Big East. They've been in, they're, they're basically a, a perennial tournament team now. He's got them ranked. They'll be ranked close to the top 10. What's the, they were in the Elite Eight last year. Who'd they lose to in the Elite Eight last year? I can't remember. Uh, I'll look it up. Give me a second. San Diego State. They 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 lost to San Diego State by a point. And so that was um and San Diego State ended up in the final against UConn. Anyway, great job by him uh at Creighton. Great job by Creighton last night. And thank you, Seth. Yeah, uh the problem with the whole focus on gambling as just a full time gig is it is even with even now with as many people that gamble and with legalized gambling it can be a little bit sort of niche you know and it can get a bit tedious i think people like me who have better our entire lives um at some point when everybody started to bet it became less interesting uh but i did have creighton last night for the maximum uh, I did not have Maryland last night, and I wanted to talk about them. We'll do that when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and theteam980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey so last night um Two things. Uh, we're, this is going to be a short Maryland basketball segment. Then Ben Standing will jump jump on with us. But Maryland lost last night, seventy four to seventy at Wisconsin. This is going to sound like typical Maryland loser, you know, sour grapes talk. But we've been in the Big Ten now, you know, um, since 2014, 2015. and Wisconsin has been in the Big Ten what Duke was in the ACC. They get, for whatever reason, I don't know why this is, it's not like Coach K has been on the bench, Um, whether it's Bo Ryan or Greg Gard. I mean, I guess Bo Ryan had a very good career. He's not Coach K. But they get the absolute friendliest whistle at home of any team in the Big Ten. If you had asked me when we joined the Big Ten as Maryland people, I would have just figured it was Indiana or Michigan State. No, it's been Wisconsin. Big Ten fans – have you know corroborated that over the years? They're like, nope, you guys had it with Duke, and we've been dealing it uh, dealing with it with Wisconsin for years. I don't know why, but you cannot get a call at Wisconsin. The games at Wisconsin seem to be some of the most one sided officiated games you'll see. And last night, once again, this Maryland team that is now fourteen and thirteen. Six and ten in the Big Ten after being predicted to finish in the top three or four in the Big Ten. They lost their eighth game by four points or less. Every single game they are in and they have a chance to win. I I know there's a lot of frustration among Maryland fans. Understood. Kevin Willard is getting every ounce that he can out of this group. Now, this group's not good enough and that's, you know, that's a big picture. I understand we got to get better players. And big recruiting news, although I don't think it's official yet, but a five-star from, you know, uh, Montverde Prep who is from Baltimore, Derek Queen, there's a lot of rumblings that he's going to commit to Maryland. We'll see. I, I never believe those things until it's actually done. He's a big 6'9", top 10 player in the country from Baltimore, and it's a big, big signing if they get him uh, for next year. But this team has been outstanding defensively. They have a player um, right now. In Jameer Young, who is having one of the best individual seasons a Maryland individual player has ever had. I mean, it's up there with Walt Williams in the season he had 
when he set the ACC record for 30-point games in a row. It's up there with bias. It, let, me, let me back off. It's just below you know, Bias and Dixon and Gravis and Walt and some of the great individual seasons. But he is so good. And it's such a shame that there's not a little bit more scoring around him because the way they defend and having a point guard that's as good as he is, they would have had a chance to be a problem, at least in the first weekend of the tournament. He's that good. Uh, But there they were again, a chance to win, and there is one of the worst calls you'll ever see. Uh, Deshaun Harris-Smith has a drive, scores, he gets bumped, he gets fouled. They're about to cut it to two with with three minutes to go, and they called an offensive foul. As as horrendous a call from – it was blind. No one could have made that, that call with sight. And then at the end of the game, with two seconds to go down two, defending uh, the inbounds pass, Wisconsin had a player run over Jahari Long. He's in position, took the charge, and they called a block. Like, if they didn't call anything, I would have been okay with it, but they called a block. It was so god-awful. It is. I, I was texting back and forth with, with friends, and I'm like, and they're like, why are you punishing yourself watching this team night in and night out? Well, I, I would be doing that anyway. Um, but one of the reasons is they are so competitively tough on defense. They, they He has not even come close to losing this team. This team has struggled offensively all year long, but they have continued to play outstanding defense night in and night out. I mean, going back to um, a three-point loss to Minnesota in early January, every single loss has been winnable. Every single one. They've had a chance to win. But they haven't. The, you, uh, Ken, Palm has, um, Ken Palm has this luck stat. It's basically games lost by, I think, four points or less or something like that. Maybe you're familiar with um, this particular stat. Uh, during the Turgeon era, Maryland was always incredibly high um, in that luck stat, meaning they won a lot of close games. I think they're like 353rd out of 362 Division I schools this year. Now, I don't know if that's luck or that's coaching or that's just you know not having enough scoring at the end, but man, um, they... They're not going to the tournament, and it's going to be one of those years that could actually end up in a losing season because they still have Rutgers, Northwestern, and then their next two, two good teams in the Big Ten. They have been so close to having things look so different. Literally, if you go back over this last month and a half, 10 more made shots and 10 more made free throws over like a 12-game period. They'd probably be right now, you know, not only safely in the field, they'd be pushing, you know, the upper echelons of the Big Ten right now. It just hasn't been their year, that's for sure. And to be fair, uh, and to be constructively critical, that's on the staff for not having enough talent and being limited, so limited offensively. That's on them. It's their job. They lost Ian Martinez right before. 
Uh, right at the deadline of the transfer portal, he's played very well at Utah State, a team that's been ranked for a lot of the year. That would have been a big difference maker. Um, but you got to have more than just that. You can't lose one player to the transfer portal and say we got burned. You got to you got to be deeper at Maryland. You got to get better players more consistently. And maybe they're on the verge of getting that done with if they get this Derek Queen signature for next year. He would be their first five star Denton, I think, since Diamond Stone. Uh, they've had they've had plenty of four stars, plenty of four stars, but I think. Some somebody can tweet me at Kevin Sheehan DC. If Maryland signs Derek Queen, I think he will be their first five star player since Diamond Stone. Um, all right, Ben Standing next. He's written uh, this morning about the number two overall Daniels versus May. We'll discuss that next. Kevin Sheehan show the team nine eighty and the team nine eighty dot com. Big night college hoops last night. Number 15, Creighton beats the top-seeded UConn 85-66. to Not as great of a performance for the Maryland Terrapins. They fall to Wisconsin 74-70. to Jameer Young led all scores with 20. Juju Reese added 18 points and 7 rebounds. On the ice, Capitals destroyed Josh Harris's New Jersey Devils 6-2. Alex Ovechkin scored twice. That's 838 for the career, 57 away from the record. Caps off today. They're on the road tomorrow against the lightning and that's what's trending after investing billions to light up our network t-mobile is america's largest 5g network plus right now you can switch keep your phone and we'll pay it off up to 800 dollars. see how you can save on every plan versus verizon and at&t at tmobile.com slash across america up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. All right, Ben Standings with us. Uh, usually on Mondays and Fridays, we missed him on Monday. He's jumping on with us right now at Ben Standing on Twitter. Subscribe to The Athletic, please, uh, and listen to his podcast, which is a good one called Standing Room Only. So uh, we talked a little bit at the beginning of the show just about Daniels um, and uh, have somebody on at noon who coached him as the OC at Arizona State. Uh, so we'll get that perspective. But you wrote this morning, Commanders could have a Drake May, Jaden Daniels decision to make it number two. So let's start there. Like, I think we, if things change, change, I, I get it. But Justin Fields unfollowing the Bears on Instagram a lot of the NFL punditry, you know, really leaning in the direction that they're going to deal fields maybe as early as next week when we get the, you know, when the ability to start start making moves uh, is there, or, or at, it might happen at the combine. We'll see. 
um, and that they'll take Caleb Williams. Do you agree with that? Do you think? I mean, like right now, is the best odds Washington's going to be there too with the choice of May and Daniels? Yeah, I mean, it would be surprising for sure at this point if Caleb Williams is uh, there at two. I, I do think that for Williams, this, you know, we, we focus on the combine and 40 times and things like that. But really the interviews, I, I think, are as big of a deal, along with the medical stuff, is as big of a deal for any. The scouts have been on these guys for, you know, months and years. So now it's a matter of, the people like, you know, a Josh Harris or the new head coach who's not, you know, Dan Quinn wasn't really paying, you know, he, that's not his job during the season. So they got to get to know these people. And with Williams, obviously, there was, you know, some interesting uh, moments this year where you're like, huh, what's going on there with his, uh, uh, you know, who he is and all that. So I think that that would be to me the only way he doesn't fall out of one is if somehow he just bombs the interview cycles. Uh, and then, yeah, you're looking at Jaden Daniels, Drake May. I do think. J.J. McCarthy moving into the top conversation is not uh, impossible, but for now, May and Daniels, that's the way it it looks for sure. By the way, mentioning J.J. McCarthy, it is interesting that a lot of people believe that NFL people will fall in love if they haven't already with J.J. McCarthy, which for me – I don't get it. Now, there's so much we don't know about him. All of the intangible stuff, um, he played in an offense that didn't necessarily require him to be great as a thrower. He threw eight passes in their win over Penn State uh, this year. Eight. I'm not saying he completed eight. He threw eight passes in total. Uh, I think over the, what was it, the last quarter and a half, Denton, they didn't throw the ball one time um, in that game. Um, what are you, what are you hearing? What do you sense about JJ McCarthy and the possibility that he makes the big move up? Yeah, no, look, it's definitely weird. I mean, clearly, you know, I, I, I remember once hearing you and uh, Scott Van Pelt talk about like, I, you're not understanding the JJ McCarthy hype and you know i i didn't watch on what's called as much college football as you and, and denton but like you know michigan was on all the time and obviously was paying attention because they were number one um i kind of was there i was like yeah i don't know i'm not seeing this but the what i guess what i've heard from some people is it's just what michigan was choosing to do to win they weren't they weren't showcasing the quarterback they were just doing what they had to do to win and michigan has you know what the most players going to the combine like they clearly had you know, depth all over the place. They were led, you know, the run game, the defense. So, yeah, they just didn't feature him. But, yeah, people love what they – some people I've talked to have loved what they've seen from him on tape and, and so on. So, I don't know. I, I you know, it, here's what I would just generally say. Whatever the – you know, what we always talk about risers and fallers, you know, over the last couple months of the draft cycle – it's it's a complete fallacy. It's not really that they're rising or falling. It's that the public is catching up to where the cop, where the team probably already were, and that's the thing that I'm wondering about with McCarthy. You know, we, is everybody else just sort of behind that? Uh, you know, but I, but I, I don't see the Kuipers or Dane Brugler on our side or others. I don't see anybody putting McCarthy in the top three or four. So is everybody really behind, or is it just a few outliers saying they think McCarthy's all that? I I'm definitely intrigued to see where this goes. Before we get to your specific column this morning about, you know, May and Daniels in particular, um, can you walk everybody through as much as you can 
chronologically the process moving forward. We've got a combine. What happens at the combine? I'm not talking about the physical uh, stuff that they will be doing. I'm talking about more of the meetings and the interviews. And then, you know, there are pro days, et cetera. What, what do we have as key, you know, kind of moments here between now and the draft? So it's tricky because quarterbacks get handled very differently, right, uh, than, than, than sort of the more rank-and-file players. But just in general, yeah, the combine is coming up here. I think for teams the biggest thing is the medical uh, information they'll get but also starts the, the true one-on-one interview process. Now, the combine is more like speed dating. You're getting a bunch of guys for like 15 minutes at a time. You know, teams can have a half dozen or more uh, people in the room so it's really just a, hey, how's it going type of conversation. The pro days and coming up down the line at the various schools, you know, that's the, you know, those can be definitely important for team, for, for players who maybe didn't get all, didn't get the combine results they were looking for athletically, uh, but also a chance to, you know, do a bit more uh, for, for the scouts. And then I think for the quarterbacks in particular, the big is going to be after that where you start getting these top 30 visits to the individual teams and this is where Washington would have more of a chance to meet with uh, these people not just for 15 minutes but like you know a day maybe even two an overnight stay you know get to know them put tape on you know read react react to that and I think that's where things when when do those top 30 visits start uh I want to say it's like late March or early April, somewhere in that range. I mean, it's the, the notion of top 30 is just sort of whatever you just, it's not really like top 30 meaning, but you just have 30 opportunities uh, basically to bring guys in. So, right. Now, yeah, I know you know that, but yeah, but, but, but the, the combine, there is a, a time limit, right? Is it 15 minutes with a prospect? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, you've got, it isn't just obviously, you know, for Washington, this number one pick, Maybe pretty, you know, limited to a handful of people, but it's the whole, you know, 300 players or so. So, yeah, you, you've got to go through all these. And, you know, as much as we're focusing on these quarterbacks for Washington, the Patriots want to meet with them. And maybe the Giants or Falcons or Raiders want to trade up. So, you know, every, all these teams want their, their, their time with these people. Um, it, you know, and again, I think it's probably even more important for players outside of the top, you know, 10 or 15 picks in the sense that. Those guys have been already scrutinized a lot, whereas other players, you know, you really start to learn more about them down the line. But uh, yeah, this is a, you know, you know, this is where the football coaches get in because they're not, they're busy during the season. They've not had any time to, uh, to to pay attention to who these prospects are. Obviously, Dan Quinn wasn't even the head coach here until uh, ten seconds ago. So this is where the, the staff gets a chance to really start to dive in both into the tape and then who these guys are. This is also coming up, and we'll get to Daniels and May in a moment, but this is also coming up the time of year where we start to get news. You know, with respect to the meetings, we'll find out who they met with. I mean, it may be interesting to find out who they met with versus who they didn't meet with. But this is also, you know, this was the time, remember, where there was the report that Washington had a deal in place with Jimmy Garoppolo, but then Garoppolo decided to have shoulder surgery, I think it was. So that deal fell apart and then they got really desperate and ended up with Carson Wentz. So do you think next week from a trade standpoint, um, you know, especially as it relates to Justin Fields, do you think this will be 
the, the these will be the few days that produce some of the big news? Well, I mean, this is definitely where the rumor mill starts to to take off. Obviously, the entire NFL world is going to be in Indianapolis, and you know, this can lead to conversations. Right? Wasn't it Russell Wilson went? We got traded to Denver while we were at the combine. And yeah. I think that really put Ron Rivera and his staff into overdrive to figure out what to do. And that led to getting a few days later, getting Carson Wentz. So, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, you know, I, to be honest, I'm not a thousand percent sure what are some of the bigger rumors right now about possible trades in the league. Cause I've just been so hyper-focused here, but yeah, I mean, if there's, if there's things to be done, then yeah, this is where, um, where, where some of that could, could really get going and yeah, it's kind of like in terms of the transactional part of the offseason, this is where, you know, the, the rocket ship it takes off. And we're not even mentioning, of course, like, you know, free agency starts uh, just in about, uh, what, like three weeks. So when uh, two the, three weeks, I think so, the 11th. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that obviously it's a different part of the equation with transactions, but, it, you know, sets the tone for what teams need or must do. And, and you know, so this is, there's a lot to, that's going to happen here uh, pretty quickly. Um, by the way, I would I would also say when when these when we find out about these meetings, um, I'm joking when I say this. When we find out about these meetings, it'll be important to see which prospects came to Ashburn on a on a commercial air and which ones came on <laughs> private jets. Apparently, okay. that matters. Yeah, um, talking to Ben Standing. So, uh, your column from this morning titled "Commanders Could Have a Drake May Jaden Daniels Decision to Make It Number Two. You talk to various people, so give everybody kind of the big takeaway about that decision that I think they're going to have. Yeah, so in this case, the various people weren't scouts or execs. They were teammates and uh, defenders and uh, coaches and, and, and getting try to get a feel for you know that aspect of it. Because I think like, like one, like uh, Tez Walker, who's a wide receiver at North Carolina, he was at the Senior Bowl, and I asked him about Drake May, and you know, he made the, the sort of the obvious point. Look, everybody knows what he can do physically, right? You can just turn on the tape and see that. The question is, what about the rest of the stuff? And he's like, and he, and Walker had played against Drake May going back to high school when Drake May was a freshman, and said that you know you could see even then he was you know he was the best player on the team. He was a natural leader, and you know th- that you know you can just see how guys in the locker room gravitate uh, towards him. And when I talked to uh, a defensive lineman uh, on LSU about Jaden Daniels. What was it like watching this year? He's like, look, I mean, it was, you know, we all knew he had high skill set, but, you know, it hadn't completely translated before. His career high in touchdown passes going into last year was 17. He, this year he went through for 40, and that's not even factoring in all the all the rushing that he did. But he said that, the the, the you know, everybody's like, what, what is it about Jaden Daniels that made him, have his rise this year, and he and uh, Jordan Jefferson, the defensive lineman, was like to me, it's his composure, it's the way he handled himself. He, you could feel that he was setting the tone every day at practice for what it was that we needed to do, and he was going to hold everybody to that standard in part because he was going to get to that standard himself, and they just had more of like I said, this composure to him. He felt this year, and that led to having this dynamic year. So trying to get a feel in those ways for who, who these guys are behind the helmet off the field. Cause I mean, as you know, again, as much as we talk about, can they make these throws? Can they, you know, be a dual threat that position, the leadership component is 
automatically comes with it, whether you want to accept it or not as a player. So you've got to have that. And that's, again, I think one of those things that people with teams need to figure out, what what are they getting here? Is it the guy with a strong arm, or but is he a, is a crappy uh, you know leader? People aren't going to want to be you know be around him. He's going to be selfish. Like what's the deal? Now, obviously, everybody is saying the nice things about their teammates and this, that, and the other. But in general, though, you get that feel for what what you're getting behind uh, more than just simply a guy who can run a four 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 or throw the ball seventy yards in the air. And that was sort of for me, sort of the the, the point for this. So um, when Quinn was announced as the head coach, there was this uh, point in that press conference, we actually played this, and I know you wrote about it too uh, in your column, where you know Quinn was asked kind of about the quarterback and Peter answered the question by saying, you know, essentially, um, we just got started. We haven't had any discussions as a staff about quarterback. And you write – you know, quote, there's no chance that that was true, of course, uh, close quote, which I completely agree with. Of course they've been talking about quarterback. You know, this idea that they were so focused on getting a coaching staff hired and and you're, you're going to tell me that with Cliff Kingsbury, quarterback never came up, Caleb Williams never come, come up, came up. But I don't have a problem with them deflecting and not, you know, d- disseminating anything that might be you know, uh, in their minds, um, a competitive advantage gained from somebody hearing it. However, with that said, um, what the process for them, they're obviously knee deep into their own roster and looking at these quarterbacks at the combine next week, who ends up going, who ends up doing these interviews? Who's the key figures for the organization next week, uh, in Indy? Right. Well, now, you know, they've got their staff intact. And, you know, at a minimum, you know, Adam Peters, obviously, Dan Quinn, you know, will be there. I, I would, I, I assume, uh, Lance Newmark, the new assistant GM, uh, I would imagine Martin Mayhew will, will be there. Of course, Cliff Kingsbury. And, you know, they're, you know, the, there's different components, right? Like the position coaches will be there as well, but that can be more about, you know, watching some of the uh, various workouts or, you know, they may like, you know, if they're talking to an offensive lineman, maybe they're bringing in, uh, you know, the, the new offensive line coach or if it's a, a, a linebacker, Ken Norton Jr., the new linebacker coach is, is, in, is in that conversation more. But, yeah, it, it should be those people. I, I will be curious if Josh Harris is there. That, that, that's something I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, look, this is his – first experience so to some degree i would imagine he might be like hey let me you know let me see i, I want to know what what is happening here uh so he could be there as well i don't know that for a fact um but yeah i mean and, and look this is the thing i think that gets everybody's you know really pumped up about peters and you know i know it's a little little more a little more muted on dan quinn but generally speaking positive this is all brand new this is the first i mean adam peters has done the combine a hundred times but this is the first time he's leading the he's leading the room. This is the first time he's doing is going to be in this room with Dan Quinn. They got to get on the same page when it comes to just you know even the questions that they're asking uh, these guys. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, same thing. You know he's obviously been in this room as a former head coach. Now he's going to do it on, as this new role as as the coordinator and so on. So you know it is a lot of they, they've got to figure out how to be cohesive pretty quickly across the board, and and that's what's going to make these interviews. I think. It's definitely interesting beyond learning the prospects of how do they work as a group. 
Yeah, I think next week is going to be, and you know, through the weekend, the quarterbacks actually, the um, schedule has running backs, quarterbacks, and wide receivers on Saturday, March second. Uh, so it starts Thursday with D linemen, linebackers. Fridays to defensive backs, tight ends, and then the quarterbacks go on Saturday. O line goes on Sunday. It, it's it's going to be like I. I never, you know, anticipate this thing. It's never a big deal on my, you know, list. I'll tune in occasionally and I'll certainly follow the news that comes out of it. But I think this is going to be one where people will be tuned in uh, with with all of the quarterback prospects that are in this draft. Right. Now, that said, I mean, I have not heard a lot of it. I, I, I don't know. I would bet good money like Caleb Williams does not throw. I, I would be – I don't know right. that any of you guys – are going to throw. They may do it at their own pro day. They may do it if they have an individual meeting with a team, but I, I would be surprised if they do that. You know, will they do some of the other components, run the 40 or, or, or lift? You know, we'll see. But by the way, another interesting component to this combine week, uh, coaches and GMs typically give press conferences, and Adam Peters is expected to give right. a, a press conference, and we have not heard from him in this. Like, you know, we obviously did the introductory thing, and, you know, that's all – you know, sort of kid gloves to a certain extent across the board. But now, like, it's not just he'll, – he'll do it at a podium where it isn't just the local media. It's everybody who's at, who's there gets to ask him questions about whatever it is that they want. So it, just – you know, what, whatever he says, it'll be the first chance to really see him in this setting at the mic. How does he present himself? How does he handle whatever questions might be coming at him? Right. What's his – speaking style i think all that is going to be interesting again same with dan quinn but he's already you know done this before as a head coach yeah no good point and um we would we you know this is where you know martin mayhew told us recently that basically you know he called all 31 teams about quarterback this was famously when uh scott McLuhan was a no-show during the indy combine and they tried to explain uh it away uh the whole their their next week's going to be for the, for the team holding the number two pick in the draft, next week is going to be a more interesting week than typical for the Indy Combine. Thanks, as always. I'll talk to you later. Absolutely, man. See you. Sam Fortier next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.